What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. I am uh, on my way to pick up my son, and so I finally have some time to start gabbing again about baseball cards. And uh, I thought this is kind of interesting. I'll can give you a, you know, catch up a little bit on uh, on uh, all things cardboard when it comes to my world here. So first of all, uh, I think the last podcast that I did, I talked about how I picked up my brother-in-law's collection. Uh, the vast majority of it just moved yesterday. It was kind of funny. Uh, I had somebody reach out to me saying they were interested and they were asking questions uh, like two or three times a day for several days. I wasn't exactly sure what was going on. They would say things like, uh, um, I'll come over tomorrow at five and then tomorrow or the next day comes and then at six o'clock he goes, I'm not going to be able to make it at five. <laughs> okay. Well, that was kind of strange. Why would you say that you won't be able to make it at five when, you know, it's six o'clock? Uh, that was kind of, kind of odd. And then, uh, he said something along the lines of, uh, of you know, hey, uh, uh, do you trade? When he said he definitely wanted it, so it was, it was like a two thousand uh, dollar, you know, lot. And I go, well, uh, no, I just want cash. And he goes, okay, no problem. And then he said, well, you take fifteen hundred dollars. And then the next message. Or like $1,000 since I know you want to get them out of your house. <laughs> nope. Instead <laughs> of grand, stick it to your grand. He goes, okay, I'll definitely get him. He's like, all right. And so we were going back and forth and I just wasn't really sure about this guy. I just wasn't sure. So I was like, I don't think I feel too terribly comfortable having him come over to the house. So we'll, we'll uh, it's like, listen, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll meet you at the corner. I will load up my cards in my car and I will meet you uh, if you are 100% committed to getting everything. And uh, if not, then I don't want to deal with it. He goes, okay, definitely am. And I can come right now. You know, so uh, come to find out like right now was like a couple hours later uh, and wow, a lot of traffic. <laughs> like guys are honking each other. Not very happy on the road here. Um, anyway, so hour and a half, two hours later, finally, you know, finally able to meet up. Come to find out, it's a kid. I was dealing with a kid that whole time, probably 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, something like that. You know, oh, okay, well, this makes way more sense. Come to find out, real nice kid, real nice dad that came over to, uh, you know, to get everything. I, I was a little kind of, I was really concerned though, because like, I didn't really know why he was asking the questions in the order that he was asking them uh, seemed kind of sporadic. And, and, you know, we made plans two, three, four times and it just kept falling through. Really odd, you know, but anyway, so it worked out really nicely and uh, um, I hope he'll have fun with them. There's, there's a lot of cards to go through, but it's there's always a good feeling. I, I don't know, I feel like just... Uh, some sort of accomplishment, I guess, whenever I move a lot of cardboard at one at one time. So I think he'll have a great time with them and you know I'm happy he was able to to pick him up. But anyway, so that's like the first thing. I've got an, a number of other cards by the way, you guys like uh, some Tom Brady's and Brett Favre's and some Michael Jordan's and uh, you know some other things that uh, I'll be posting for sale. I also have like a smaller 
uh, Canseco collection, which has just got a really nice run of Broders and some other oddballs that I've got for sale. Um, and uh, some other, you know, Canseco's like a 91 Elite PSA 10 and some other things as well. So, uh, you know, so if you have any interest in this sort of thing, then, you know, let me know. Uh, I'd be happy to show you what I have. Um, but anyways, so a lot of this kind of dovetails into what I've been thinking about recently because I've been kind of whittling down my Canseco collection uh, just to, to like three things, you know, and I, I think I, I think this might be a, a beneficial for you all to hear also. So what I like to do is I like to have cards in my collection that, that fit one of three criteria. They're either showstoppers, storytellers, or guilty pleasures. I'll give you an example of each. So the showstopper might be a 96 Select Certified Mirror Gold, or a 98 Crusade Red, or even a newer Laundry Tag or Bat Barrel card. Those, in my opinion, are showstoppers. Everybody knows what they are. Everybody will look at them and go, holy smokes, that's a really nice card. Storytellers, uh, like the 86 Donners Highlights White Letter. Not many people know what it is. Great story behind it. 88 Tops Cloth. 89 Leaf and Donners Blue Chips. 90 Donners Aqueous. Um, the uh, 92 Ace Prototypes. 91 Upper Deck Chrome uh, Prototype. All those have great stories. So those are storytellers. And then you have the Guilty Pleasures. The ones that are not a quote-unquote necessary evil to have if you're trying to complete a rainbow, but they're cards that you truly enjoy. They might be more expensive. They might not. I don't know. But uh, a lot of times they could end up in a binder. So you might have like the 2002 uh, Tops Chrome Gold Refractors of Kinseiko on the Angels and the uh, Expos. And so those cards, they're not like... You know, nobody's going to go, whoa, I can't believe you have that. That's insane. Um, but, you know, they are nice. You know, they're really nice. And so the, I would consider those guilty pleasures. Same thing with, uh, you know, a number of other $5, $10 cards. Uh, maybe even some base cards, you know, that I would consider to be guilty pleasures. The ones I do not want are filler um, for me personally. Now, let me go a step further in talking about what a filler piece is and what a filler piece is not. So for me... To have an autograph of a new card of Kinseiko or anybody that is just there because it's new, that's not for me. I'm not interested in just some card that doesn't really, you know, capture my attention. Um, every now and then there are some differences. For instance, like a 93 Finest Refractor. I love the 93 Finest Refractor. Everybody loves the 93 Finest Refractor. Um, now, I've got like 21 of them. I have... At the moment right now, I've got nearly 10% of the run of all of them ever created. It's a monumental card, uh, and it has obviously a ton of prestige behind it. Um, so the showstopper for me in that situation is not having a 93 Finest Refractor. It's having 21 93 Finest Refractors. <laughs> Same thing with the 91 Donner's Elite. Now, that for me is, is one that I'm not really too terribly interested in keeping just because I've got a PSA 10 version of it just because I'm not really a PSA guy when it comes to modern cards uh, when it comes to vintage stuff especially pre-war then yeah I'm a PSA guy for sure 
PSA and SGC. I love graded stuff in that respect. For newer stuff, not so much. Um, so yeah, sometimes it means that the showstopper or the storyteller or the guilty pleasure is a conglomerate or a nice meaningful uh, group of cards. Uh, sometimes it does mean a rainbow. Uh, but when it comes to having just all of these miscellaneous random uh, cards, like I, I think a lot of times when it comes to like five star tribute tier one, um, a lot of those cards I'm just not really a massive fan of because they make so many of them. There's so many colors in the rainbow. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, there's some they're one of ones or out of fives or out of tens. Um, you know, so there's some really you know, really rare cards in there. But the thing is, is they churn those out every year, multiple times. And, uh, and that's fine because they do make some beautiful cards, but a lot of times it's just not for me. So for example, flawless, uh, I think it was last year's flawless, if I remember correctly, because I think 2020 just dropped recently. Um, but 2019 flawless, there are some cards that I am just absolutely madly in love with. Like Kinseiko had, uh, you know, two, three, four different types of flawless cards in the flawless release for 2019. Uh, some of them and National Treasure. So, so like you look at you look at Panini, for instance. You think of flawless, uh, National Treasure, Immaculate. They're all they all have like the white base, and they're all kind of fairly similar. So, you know, there's a, there's a handful of different types of designs for Conseco in 2019 Panini for those three brands. Um, some of them are nice and I really like them. In fact, one of them is my favorite card. Uh, one of my most favorite cards ever, the, the rookie gamer laundry tag card. Oh, gorgeous. I just love it. Um, but, uh, like literally love everything about it. <laughs> but, uh, but there are some cards in these releases of Conseco that I can't stand. I don't like it from a, from a look and feel perspective. I just, I can't, can't handle it. Even if it's a one of one or an out of five or an out of 10, I just not interested whatsoever in some of them. Uh, now some of them I just, you know, am head over heels for. So it just kind of really depends. But anyway, so we've got a kind of like a, and this is what I've talked about before in the past in the eighties and nineties, there was like really kind of early mid nineties. There's like this mass exodus of people from the hobby and Granted, yeah, there's going to be a number of things that play into it. So uh, eBay was years away, uh, or probably a few years away or wherever. I think the internet was just getting started. People were really starting to get more connected with each other uh, to see, hey, I'm not the only one that's got a Griffey Ray rookie. Everybody's got a great, uh, uh, Griffey Ray rookie. And there's a lot of people that have 10 or 100 of them or whatever. But the lockout happened. That was a big deal as well. People started realizing that there was a glut of cards that were that were created like in the millions and people didn't really necessarily realize that yet at that point um so as demand dropped uh there's still an ample supply everywhere everybody knew where, where it was so but the thing is though is you start asking questions from people that gave up on the hobby back then and you say why did you give up and they go well and this is really crucial to, to kind of understand the mind of the collector from the mid-90s. They said, well, there's just too many cards to collect. So what we're doing right now is we're in a completely different collecting landscape than we were back then. Back then, 
uh, it was all about trying to collect every card of your favorite player. And it was a thousand percent doable. In many ways, it was super easy when it comes to the early 90s and everything. There just simply wasn't a lot of stuff out there compared to what there is now. And certainly not like serial number stuff. Like you think about like the most prominent first, you know, insert set that really started all, 1991 Donner's Elite. Uh, they were serial numbered to 10,000. And I think they fell like one every two cases or something like that, uh, or, or or several cases or something. So that gives you an idea of how many cards were out there. But you know, nowadays, you have what seems to be every month or every other month, these products dropping where there can be cards that are out of 99, 75, out of 50, out of 25, out of 20, out of 15, out of 10, out of five, and one of one. And if you're Leaf, sometimes out of two, out of three, out of four, which is just, you know, not fair. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> but uh, you think about all of this combined, you got to remember that this is a different collecting landscape now. Back then, you collect everything. Nowadays, it's a buffet. You got to look at it as a buffet where you say, oh man, I've got a, a bunch, like a lot of selection right now. I don't have to have it all, uh, nor should anyone really try, I don't think at this point, because it's impossible. Um, it's a bottomless pit and you're at the mercy of the card companies and what they produce and what they print. Um, but when we look at it, the, at this hobby as a buffet, where we can get whatever we, uh, our hearts desire, whatever catches our eye, um, you know, that's, that's where I think we need to be because listen, there are, you know, I think I, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine named, uh, Eric the other day, who's a big McGuire guy. And I think he told me if I remember correctly that so far in 2020, there's like close to 200 new one of one Mark McGuire cards. What? That's crazy, right? Like that's just how it is. So could you imagine how many Mike Trout one of ones there are now or Griffey's or, you know, or Soto or Acuna or Tatis. It just depends, you know, like on the popularity of the player for sure. But there's so much stuff out there. And that doesn't even count the out of fives, the tens, the 25s, the 50s, the 75s, the 99s, you know, the unserial number. There's just a lot out there. So um, I think what 2020 needs to be for a lot of us and going forward into 2021 is a call to narrow our collection into those three categories, the showstoppers, the storytellers, the guilty pleasures. Now, a lot of you out there are listening might say, well, you know, look, I don't have a whole lot of money for a showstopper. That's okay. You know, maybe they're all storytellers. Storytellers can be like super expensive, sometimes even more so than the, the showstoppers. But, uh, but there's a lot of them out there that don't cost a whole lot. Same thing with the guilty pleasure cards. Those cards, um, uh, can be like as simple as the one to $5 refractors, the things that you just enjoy the heck out of holding and you get a kick out of just looking at it. It could be an 87 Donner straight rookie, Bo Jackson, um, or an 81 Fleer Fernando Valenzuela, uh, or a base card of Acuna from like 2020 Bowman. There's just so many different things that you can do, but the trick is to find what brings you joy personally. That's the main thing. You know, don't worry about what everybody else says is hot. What really gets your motor going? What do you really like? What do you enjoy? Uh, when it comes to showstoppers, what do you want to have displayed prominently um, in your cabinet that people just go, wow, that's amazing. And But more importantly, that you walk by and say, wow, that's amazing. 
what cards uh, uh, in the storyteller category do you want to have that will make you want to tell others their story? Um, that's a big deal as well. Um, I love telling the stories of certain cards. I've got one coming in, for instance, from uh, my buddy Ryan. It's a 95, uh, I think it's a score, uh, if I remember correctly, gold card. And so what happened back then, this is a, this is definitely a storyteller card right here, guys. So it's a, it's a gold foil, 95 score. And in the bottom right-hand corner, there is a hole punch uh, of a number of dots that's like the Pinnacle uh, logo or something. So the way that it worked out is if you had one of those, if I remember correctly, I think you could send them into score and they would give you a, uh, a team set or a card of that player. I, I'd have to research it again because I don't remember. Google it, guys, like Baseball Cardpedia. Uh, Rodney, all those other guys that, that do that, uh, that site, they do a fantastic job. So, uh, you know, so check out what they're saying over there. But, um, and Rodney, by the way, great guy. Like I, I just really, I, I really like talking to that guy. Um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, what score would do is if you have these gold cards, if I remember correctly, you send them into them, they give you a special, uh, a special card or set, a team set or something. And, you know, they're not, too terribly rare, but man, they are gorgeous. They're absolutely gorgeous. Now, what they did is they would also send the card that you sent in back, but punched with their little logo puncher thing or whatever. Uh, the as you know, rumor has it that they actually stopped doing that after the first few weeks because they said, "Man, this is getting way too cumbersome." And you know, I don't really know what to, you know, or we don't want to keep having to do this. So they would just send the cards back unpunched as well, if I remember correctly, or throw them in the trash or whatever. So I was able to get um, one of them by, uh, I believe uh, his name is Joel. He actually sent to me around Christmas back in 2016 or 17 or something. So thank you very much, Joel, again, by the way. Uh, when I sold out, uh, I actually sent it back to him because he gave it to me. So like, you know, listen, it's, <laughs> this is yours. And he was, he was happy. Well, it ended up into uh, my buddy Ryan's collection and, uh, you know, had a little bit of a dinged corner. And so I said, well, hey, that's funny. That's the exact same one I had before. And I said, well, do you, I don't think I really am 100% interested in the one with the dinged corner. He goes, well, let me check my garage. I think I've got another one. I'm like, all right. So he checks in the garage a few days later. He goes, hey, I've got another one. Real nice condition. And, uh, and so I ended up buying it from him, but, um, very nice card. It's very rare. There's not many at all that have that hole punch. I've only seen like two or three up for sale ever. So super excited about that stuff. But, um, anyway, so fantastic story. That's a storyteller for sure. But, um, so that's my recommendation to you guys. I'm going to wrap up cause I, uh, got here at the church to pick up my son, but, um, uh, yeah, be thinking about for your collection. What do you want in terms of, uh, cards that are either showstoppers, storytellers, or guilty pleasures. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend.